Hey guys, how's it going? Connor Gilson here, the president of CG Consulting. And last night was the end of the whole mindset module, um, talking about how we can use our mind as a very powerful tool. And if you wanna, if you haven't checked that out, go through that whole module, um, listen to all the parts in that, and uh, get some enjoyment and some hot takes, if you will. Um, I had an instructor that would say that constantly at one of my jobs, and it was kind of funny, so now, now I say it every once in a while. Um, but anyways, um, tonight we're going to be talking about something exciting. I mean, at least it's exciting for me, and it should honestly be exciting to everybody that runs a business. Um, client accusation, baby. Yeah, excitement. How to do it, how to have the right kind of go at it, what tools to use, um, that's what's all, you know, what methods, what um, type of <clears throat> mindset kind of, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be in there, mindsets and everything. Let's, 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 let's be frank here, let's be frank. Um, but yeah, a lot of good information in the next coming parts. There's going to be a lot more information as far as in the part. I'm going to try this tonight because this is a little bit easier to do. Um, I'm going to see how far, I have like a crap ton of notes here. Maybe I won't be able to get through all this in one podcast, but if not, I'll start where I left off tomorrow. So as far as getting clients, um, sometimes we, I'm going to turn off my TV because it's distracting me. Um, Sometimes we take on, especially in the beginning phases, that's why I always, like, I, I always recommend people to not just start a business, like, where you really absolutely need it. I mean, it's good, and it'll give you motivation, and technically, that was what my first, when my first client was, is when I was picking up my, or I got my girlfriend at the time and I got her her own apartment and I had to pay the bills. So I had to, I had to pay bills um, for both me and her and I needed to start making money quickly. Um, in fact, the fun thing about um, my first client was I was on a webinar learning different methods on how to land clients and this webinar said, here, try this method. During the webinar, I picked up the phone and used his method. And the first person I called, I set up an appointment with. I cannot make that crap up. It really happened. In fact, I remember um, getting the appointment, um, setting it because I told them that um, they were using Google AdWords and they didn't have a mobile site and they had a flash site and it was actually costing them money because they didn't have a mobile site because that's how Google AdWords still does now. If you don't have a mobile site, it costs you more for Google AdWords to run ads on Google. Um, told him that. He was like, yeah, let's check it out. Um, I was just going to build him a, a mobile website. Actually, it was like a cheap thing. It was like a, the webinar was like, get do this for... You know, say that you'll do it for 50 bucks a month um, as just the hosting. I mean, you don't charge anything for the actual website design. You're just charging them for hosting a month. And I met with him. Not only did he want me to do the mobile site, he wanted me to redesign his main website. Um, and I ended up doing a little bit of marketing in the future for him, um, things like that. So I called them and I set that appointment. And then I went on the webinar and I texted or um, put it in the chat 
like, hey, I just, like, his name was, uh, I think his name was Jason, and uh, I punched him in the chat, I'm like, hey, I just tried this method, and it absolutely worked, and he read that, and I could guarantee about maybe 80 or 90 percent of people there didn't believe that, they thought maybe I was, like, um, someone that was, like, hyping up the chat for this webinar, but it really happened, I ended up meeting with the client a couple weeks, or a couple days later, but client accusation, um, you really have to, and you'll learn this, I mean, you don't really have to do it right off the bat, you can try to take as many clients as you want as possible, but honestly, there should be a bar of quality. Um, I use the terminology vel uh, velvet rope policy, um, can't remember where I picked that up, but velvet rope policy. Like if you go to a club, like a high-end club, they have a policy. You have to wear dress shoes. You have to wear something classy. Thank God, you know. Um, they have rules about how to get in. There's things like that. If they're really busy, they have certain people that they let in ahead of people, like VIPs and things like that. You really need that for your business. And if you're just getting off the ground, then you can kind of lower that rope if they're so to speak, but you really want to get higher end clients. And I'll tell you a little secret. Um, and I've, in my bit or my stint in retail showed me this as well. But with my company, I found that the customers or my clients that I had that paid me like $300 to let's say $500 a month for marketing were the most annoying like constantly pestering me clients. They'd call me once a week. Some of them would call me every other day or message me every other day. Like, oh, when are the results coming? Uh, like right when I started to like, are the results here? Yeah, what are the, what, how long is this going to take? Like, like, you know, super, super paranoid. And then I had customers that were paying me $3,000 a month, which would check in once a month. And I wouldn't even, most of the time, they didn't even contact me. I sent them an update video on the status of what's going on and things like that. And they'd be like, cool, Connor, thank you. <laughs> like, they are literally the least demanding, the clients. And you'll learn that, too. And I learned that in my stint in retail, too. People that bought the cheapest, crappiest TVs were the most annoying, irritating people I've ever met in my life. Um, I... Before I started working there, I loved Vizio because it used to be a good brand when I was when they first came out. They're garbage now, but um, just they're just trash. Um, but the the customer that buys a Vizio, which is a budget brand TV, are god awful human beings. I'm sorry. I love the fact that I don't work there anymore because I can say you Vizio customers just just. Go away. Stop buying crappy TVs. Maybe you'll be more happier. Maybe you'll have a, a better life, but you're probably buying the cheap TV because you don't make money and you have a pessimistic attitude and all that other stuff. But, but the customers that would come in, for the most part, unless something went horribly wrong during the delivery or something like that, the customers that would buy $4,000, $5,000 TVs, once again, easiest, nicest people you've ever met in your life. So what am I getting at? When you work with clients that you love, you're going to truly enjoy the work that you're doing. You'll love every little second of it. And when you love every second of the work you do, you'll do your best work, which will continue that cycle. And that's what is essential if you're going to book yourself full of customers and clients that are high paying, you know, intense in individuals. Um, 
And that's the thing. The individuals or businesses with whom you do your best work with, whether it's your own business or someone else, the people and environments that energize, inspire you are going to give you a much better work output. And I think that's something a lot of managers, um, business leaders, and things like that get. They view that if numbers are starting to go down, they have to start getting on top of people. And that's usually not the case. It's usually not the case, especially when you're doing something like that and there's no results, like it's not getting better. There's sometimes, and I even do it to myself as a business owner, there's sometimes that good kick in the pants will get you moving, get you rolling, snap you out. Sometimes you need to aggressively snap yourself out or snap your, co- um, your employees or your underlings, if you want to say that. Um, don't really like that term, but if you're a manager at a store or a you know, leader inside of another co- corporation or something like that, you want to do that at times, crack the whip, so to speak. But also other times it's like with me personally, when a manager does that, especially if it's multiple managers or, um, and it's happened even when I was working for friends of mine, if you get like on my case aggressively, you're going to meet a wall. And that wall has about 70 billion spikes on it that are all laced with poison and I'm not going to be the one that loses there. Um, if you reason with me and tell me, hey, this is what's going on, you, you know, you're slacking on this part and I think this are some steps that you can take, whole different ballpark. But that's the thing. If you enjoy your work, whether if I mean, there's people that love their jobs that don't own their own businesses. But if you want to own your own business, you really need to love your job. And I, I can't stress this enough. Crappy clients will make you hate your business. It will. In fact, one of my favorite periods of time is when I had so many clients and so many clients coming in that I started cutting. I started cutting my cheaper clients unless I had like a reputation with them. Like this one company that I started, um, was my first client. I haven't raised their bill in the last five years, um, for their monthly fee. They still pay me that $50 that, um, was supposed to be that, you know, that sweet deal back then. Um, hosting and maintenance has gone up for a few of my clients in the past, but with them, I kept them at the same. So there's different, there's certain clients that are going to pay you little and they're not headaches and you want to keep those on. But any client that was a headache, I got to the point where I was just like, I literally would write them an email. If you want me to do this, this, and this, you need to stop pestering me. You need to stop doing that. And a lot of them just were like, yeah, I'll take my business elsewhere. I'm like, sweet. Little did they know that was my plan the whole time. Um, So... If you have that, if you have a business where you aren't really enjoying your clients, then you want to make sure you're getting higher, better clients. And you can start that from the beginning. Um, If you were working another job, start looking for clients. You're vetting clients, okay? They're vetting you, and you should honestly be vetting them. You should be vetting them much harder than they are vetting you. So another thing that pops into my mind is if you're first starting your business, so say you're in something like marketing, um, I'll talk from experience here, um, you, if you want to increase your speed of getting like booked constantly and getting custom, like clients con- consistently, choose a very specific target market. Um, it's called a niche um, as far as uh, 
what the industry standard word for that is. It's a, it's a sub, subcategory of a type of, whether it's a business or whatever, things like that. Um, and just stay with that target market until you're completely booked, like completely booked. Um, if it doesn't, if that doesn't work or you don't really like enjoy that, you can always switch around. But if you start getting traction, stick with it. So if you're like a graphic designer or a website designer, or this works for anybody, um, works for me. If you're a marketer, um, whose whole family is in something like the construction industry, maybe it's auto body, maybe it's, uh, lawyers, things like that. Maybe you'd want to choose something that's in that industry. For me, I used, um, my family has an obscene amount of roofers in it. I think on just my mom's side alone, there's eight different roofers. Yeah. Yep. There's eight, eight different roofers that own their own roofing company. And there, that was what I did. I started marketing to roofers and I got very, very good at it to the point where my first company's name before I changed to CG Consulting was a household name for roofers. Um, I was asked to go speak at countless like um, roofing keynotes as far as marketing. I was invited to a bunch of Facebook pages. I was seen as an expert. Um, so, so do something like that. Because if you know like the sense like the things that make those types of people hurt, like from from the roofing in, industry, the bidding war, which is one of the hardest things. Somebody goes um, does an estimate, you know, say, let's say Ajax Roofing goes to um, this house, and he's out there and he's doing a a. Uh, an estimate on how much the roof is going to cost to replace it. Bob, Jilly Bob, comes by and sees that Ajax truck's there. He waits for Ajax to leave and then goes up to the homeowner and goes, hey, I saw that Ajax was out here doing an estimate. We'll do, you know, $100 off his, his price or we'll do a thousand or like a thousand is a little bit much, but like, like $300, $400 off or we'll do your gutters for free or things like that. And it's a big problem for roofers. And so I taught roofers how to educate their customers so that there was a loyalty that was unbeatable. No one would want to break it. So when it comes to what we do, we really want to get good at describing the biggest result that we provide. Um, my rule of thumb is that my clients should be getting at least a 20 times their investment in my services. And that doesn't always mean a dollar amount. That can mean something like a dollar and then a mindset or because I do teach mindset and psychology as well or business marketing, things like that. Um, just giving them knowledge, giving them more than what they thought they were going to get. Um, but if it's a dollar amount, I do try to get at least, at the least, anywhere from three to 20 times. I know that's a big span there. It just depends on the market. Um, 20 times is good, you know, like if I'm doing an info product, then I want, if somebody's paying $49, I want to make sure they're making like $1,200 in my first month if they apply it pr properly. Um, really the honest to God, big secret to having a successful business is to know what your clients want and then deliver it rather than talking about what you do. Focus instead on clear, specific, and detailed solutions 
that solve your clients' problems. And that's going to be easy because if you're in a niche, you're going to understand while you're talking to customers, especially if you're in a consulting business or a marketing business or anything like that that has to deal with services, you'll understand when you talk to people and do the first you know, free consultation, what are the pain points of that market or that industry? And if you start with something that your friends or family are very, very involved into, um, you can ask them. You can do things like do a podcast or do a webinar where you bring these people on and you just have them explain their problems. And then you can use that to kind of use as a launch pad to help other customers. You got to remember, people aren't buying what you do. No one ever buys what you do. The science, the technique, or the technical name that you use won't get clients to hire you. Clients who understand that there's going to be a ROI, return of investment, that you are going to offer them will jump at the chance to work with you. If there's an ROI, that's all anybody cares about. Nobody buys marketing, nobody buys a TV, nobody buys a car because of just the fact that it's that. They buy it for the experience. They buy it for the, the, the passion. It fits somewhere into one of their passions. Somebody buys a sports car because they love going fast. They love the beauty of the car. They love the sound of it. They love, if you're like me and you're really crazy, I like German cars because of the way their doors close. I like German cars for a lot of things, but the, the thud a German car door makes compared to the flimsy American cars is, it shows me quality. So if anybody's passionate about something and you're selling to them passionately, especially if you're selling a service to a business, let a, uh, you're just going to, or even like a business idea, or if you're in um, like uh, network marketing, very commonly confused with pyramid schemes, but network marketing, um, I did see, you see, you hear that? Your head going, yeah, it's fun. I said pyramid schemes for a reason, but... Um, got to get your mind open. You got to get your mind open to things, okay? Everything's, a, everything's technically a pyramid. Anyways, but if you're in network marketing and you're trying to pitch an idea of somebody creating their own business within that company, that's what you got to offer. You got to offer and fill to their dreams. You got to fill to their passion. If you don't fill that, if you don't show them, hey, you're going to be able to go on, you know, retire at whatever age. You're going to be able to go on vacations when you want to. How much do you love your like family? Do you want to go on vacations with them more? Do you want to go see stuff? Do you want to travel? Hey, honestly, if somebody like pitched to me, like my weak point is travel. I would love to travel. Um, I technically can if I were to pull out certain investments, but I promise that I wouldn't touch them until I get to a certain point. But if I could get a job, I mean, if somebody offered me a job right now where I could just travel all over the place, I may like, there may be an urge to like pause my company for a bit just to get that experience. Because I do view, especially in the age of 20s, that you should be kind of exploring the world, so to speak. But you need to understand what speaks to your prospect. Because the true bottom line is that you may want financial freedom, peace of mind, time with your family, or reduce concerns about how you're going to make ends meet. That is the true bottom line. Those are the things, like I said, financial freedom, being able to go on vacations, peace of mind. I'm going to worry about what happens if my car breaks down 
and I can't get to work. I'm so on the edge right now. If that happens, it's going to devastate me. That's horrible. That's a horrible thing to worry about. Um, time with your family, like I've already said, or reduced concerns about how you're going to make ends, uh, ends meet. Once again, branching into peace of mind, right? People want those things. People want to be happy. So if you speak to the way they're going to be happy, that's how you're going to get people. People buy results and the benefits of those results. So think about the solutions that you offer, um, whether it's a, to a business or whether it's to a, a customer or whether it's to somebody that wants to start you know, jumping into entrepreneurship and find the results and the benefits that you can provide to them. Now, here's the key thing. Now we're going to kind of dive deeper into this because when we... There's so many, there's so many mistakes I see, so many intense mistakes I see when people talk about what they do. Um, every time we communicate in person with somebody or by writing or on the internet through a blog or a post or a podcast or a video or a webinar or something like that, when we're in doing advertisements, when we're doing business meetings, if we're on the phone with customers... We want to articulate and re-articulate these benefits that we thought of. Use words that you hear your clients use and express very specific and express very specific solutions that you can offer them to their very, very painful problems. Very painful. So now key point interested in that. Use words that you hear your clients use and express very specific solutions to answer those, those pain points. <clears throat> the, there's kind of a two-prong to that. When you use your words that you hear your clients use, there's two. There's your direct words that you're getting from a, uh, a prospect or a client, and then there are market words. So... Uh, market words would be example for when like I worked with roofers, I used bidding war constantly. I used um, uh, ramp up times for like new seasons for people that did roofing in places like New England where you have winter and then you ramp up and you get a lot of money in spring and then summer's pretty good and then fall you get another burst of money and then winter you're dead and you're good luck. You Hopefully you budget your money because you're not getting anything. Um, well, unless you live in... Uh, New England these days, where it's just like blizzard, 70-degree weather, blizzard, 70-degree weather. Like, I guess you can technically, like, I've been told that, like, roofing's a little bit easier now doing that. Um, but I would listen to customer or clients and prospects that I had um, and use that terminology that I heard a lot of with people that I would talk to on the phone as far as prospects. But then you also want to use their direct words. So if you're on a conversation or um, somebody says, hey, this is what I want to do, remember to recite that back to them. Always if a customer or a client says, hey, this is what I want to do, repeat it back to them. If you think it's an important point that they really want to fix, because they'll rattle off some things that aren't really that important and some things that are, say exact words back to them. So if they say, hey, like... Um, I have a really hard time booking clients. I, I try really hard and I do all these methods and spend a lot of time on it and I'm not getting the results that I wanted. 
something I would say is like, all right, so what you want to do is you want to book, you want to book a lot more clients. You want to spend less time and effort on it and kind of have, you know, customers flow into your pipeline almost on their own um, to give you some free time to do, you know, things that would, you know, lower the stress than you are right now because you're kind of heightening that stress level. Um, and then you just do things like that, recite it back to them. And then also if you're on the phone with them later on and they start getting kind of what's called crope, uh, crope. Wow. Um, I just combined two words. Thank you. Scope creep is where you have them on a plan and idea and you're focusing on that. And then they start focusing on something else. Like, uh, with me, it would happen, like I'm designing their website and I told them, I would tell them that we'd work on SEO after. And then they constantly ask me questions about SEO now. I'd be like, nope, gotta get back online. Or if they're like, oh, you know, this isn't really working the way I wanted it to I'd be like, okay, well you wanted a lot of, you want more clients and this takes time. You have to build a list. You have to do this, this, and this, and there you go. So even if it seems simple, it's worth repeating. If I have a client who wants to establish their own personal brand and start earning money doing something that they love, then every time I talk to them, especially in person, I will remind them that her or his personal brand will offer them freedom so they won't have to settle again when it comes to the clients that they either work with, that they take on, the customers that they sell things for. I'll keep reminding them of how to do that. If I'm teaching somebody psychology, I'll constantly remind them that even though there's a steep learning curve and a lot of people can't handle learning it to the full degree, that they said that they were ready, they said that they wanted to focus on it and they wanted to get it done and how it's going to help them. So that's really important. And I usually, resp- I usually like to remind them of how inspired they are going to feel once they, they get that, re- that result. So you want to make sure that you constantly remind them of their goal. Because it's interesting because on a psychological level, you're speaking to them. You're speaking to them by speaking what they've already said. So it's a person-to-person connection, not you to them. It's you re-circuiting back to them. Like, oh yeah, that's right. I said that. Oh, that's right. See, we sometimes, um, as far as like psychology or mind manipulation, and I know a bunch of you guys are freaking out right now. Oh my God, I want to manipulate people's minds. Um, that's a, that's a topic for another podcast. I'm going to tap, type that down in my notes after. Um, but when we sometimes even when a customer wants something some things may change and they may change their mind but by reminding them what they've said and doing it in a kind of covert way then they will their mind picks it back up and they're more easily to take that information in so another big thing another big point is that as far as being a business person, we should be full of energy. Um, enthusiasm and happiness is super, super contagious. Help others laugh a lot. Um, it's, really, it's really the best sales technique in the world. And the people that have worked with me in person um, from my days of you know 
when I worked at Calvin Klein, I'd make jokes, like constantly talking in this crazy Chinese accent that I can do to make everybody laugh. Um, at Best Buy, there's times where I'd be like dancing around, listening to music. Um, I joke with customers. I just try to make people feel happy. Um, and that's a big thing. People will know when you hate your job. You're not fooling anybody. Everybody knows. You're either angry or you don't want to talk or you don't want to do anything or even your like personality. I'm going to put my chair up a little bit. Personality is like super, super blah. When you love something, it literally out, it like overflows and anything that comes out of us is, is energy. So it empowers other people. It strengthens other people. If people are having a bad day, you can light them up. You can make them much happier, things like that. And it's funny because if you look at statistics... The average child laughs, laughs on average about 450 times per day. A lot, right? Interesting point. Adults laugh an, laugh an average of 15, only 15 times a day. So that means, if that's true... And I guarantee it's true because when I watch a kid, they just, it's just constant laughter. That means that somewhere between when we were a kid till now, we end up 435 laughs short of a good time. Like, really? And we think, we think about all this kind of intense stuff that comes with business, right? We think about, you know, our strategy and our goals and our action plan charts and all these adult boring crap stuff. But we're losing focus on laughing. And it's interesting, right? Because a lot of people that listen to a podcast about business and about success... I doubt many people would think that I was going to say and focus for a moment on laughing. It's just a weird thing. Even hearing these words come out of my mouth, it's kind of odd. But the reality is, is if we're not laughing, if we're not enjoying ourselves, and I, I'm, I am certainly far above that number. Like, I, I am not ashamed to laugh at my, jo- my own jokes until I'm crying. Um, like, I just... I am a very happy person for the most part. I find a lot funny when things, bad things have happened in my past, like when I was homeless, um, when somebody cheated on me, uh, when I've lost jobs, I literally laugh it up. I think it's the funniest stuff. I think trial and um, turmoil is hysterical. Um, That's my, I wouldn't even say that's my coping mechanism with it because it's just, it's not a coping mechanism. It's, I just find life genuinely, genuinely funny. So embrace that childlike sense of play. And you're honestly going to be one step closer to getting more clients. I mean, you really are. If you can laugh with your, your clients, uh, if you can laugh with your prospects, if you can laugh at your own mistakes. I mean, there, if you went through this podcast and actually po- like listened to me, and looked for my mistakes and how I react to them. That's why I love podcasts. There's no editing. I mean, you could if you're boring, I guess. But I make a mistake, I say a joke, and I laugh it off, and that's it. 
So don't undervalue how important laughing and happiness is when you run a business. Please don't. Because if you're running a business, and trust me, I love the seriousness and the strictness and the focus and the goals. Though that is one of my most favorite thing, uh, favorite things about working for myself. I have a very mature part of my personality that I'm very glad I get to embrace in my business. But I also have the childlike kind of funny mess around like joke and stuff like that. Sometimes my jokes get me in trouble, but hey, (laughs) you got to keep going. (laughs) But that is something that I think that we should all focus on. 435 laughs short of a kid. What the heck happened? All the trauma, all the stress, all the failure, and we just stopped laughing? Anyways... Another big part, jumping back into serious Connorland. Let's go. Um, if you view yourself as a trusted advisor, clients will never forget you. So what I mean by that is no matter what industry you're in, there are hundreds if not thousands of people that are in the same industry. Even if you own your own business, there's thousands if not, if not even more so across the world if you want to take that in. Um, of people that when they're asked, what do you do? They say, I'm a real estate agent. I'm a roofer. I'm a, a auto mechanic. I'm a, you know, a lawyer. You get, you get the picture. There's no, there's no job out there where you say, Hey, I'm, I'm this, unless it's something brand new. And people are like, Whoa, what the heck? I've never, ever heard of that before. Like it's, it's all pretty common stuff. There's a ginormous carpet ant, carpenter ant walking across my phone while it sits on my lap. That's awesome. Can you, like, get off, please? All right. He's somewhere flying across my house now. Anyway, so more, more uh, unedited grade-A meat right there. Anyway, so... Where was I? The thing was big, man. Oh, jeez. Um, but yeah, as being a trusted advisor, being a trusted advisor in your, your area of expertise, that's what matters. Because if you're a trusted advisor, you have much more weight over everybody else in that market. And if you look at the successful people in every market, they have a list of people that view them as they have a reputation. They have a reputation for be he- like being hard-hitting, getting results, and they are the one go-to person for that. So that's what we got to focus on. And we hear these terms, these metaphors, or I guess they're not metaphors, they're uh, abbreviations, I guess. ABC, always be closing. We hear that one a bunch, and I'm sure you've heard it. Um, I like it a little bit better, always be communicating. Because closing is kind of, like, and I like that saying, I do, I use it in my head, like, you always got to be closing, I honestly using it in my, in my dating life as well, because you always got to be meeting new people, because if somebody wants to act poorly and start showing you second class behavior, you got to move on to the next, the next person, you, like, you don't have time to constantly be playing games with people, and same thing with clients, 
Like I have clients that, um, I think I mentioned this before in a podcast, my most recent client, um, it's a year ago I talked to him and like, he's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And then like I sent over the proposal and he started like running, like trying to make excuses. And then he was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready. And then I tried to like contact him and he started ghosting or like ignoring me. And then I just like, was like, okay, cool, whatever. And I moved his message on Facebook to the, uh, this folder I have, um, which we're not going to say the name of because it's very funny, but also kind of intense. Um, but the, eventually, and there you go, he contacted me and now he's my client and now he's seeing results. And I jokingly made a joke with him the other day through email. I'll be like, imagine if you're having the results right now, a year ago. You'd be able to pay me more money so I can give you even more results. <laughs> but that's the thing. Always be communicating. You don't have to be closing. You don't always have to be closing. Yes, closing helps your bottom line. But honestly, if you're communicating and you know how to communicate, if you know how to communicate, that is the most important like aspect of a business pretty much. I mean, there's a lot of important aspects, but communication is a big thing. It's funny because... Uh, Oprah Winfrey has this uh, had this quote: "Every time you suppress some part of yourself or allow others to play you small, you are in essence ignoring the owner's manual your creator gave you and destroying your design." And if you're getting all hung up because I just said creator, chill out, relax, take a couple pills, you'll be you'll be okay. Don't worry. Um, but the reality is, you're here for a reason. Um, you have immense power, and every time you suppress some part of yourself. And trust me, we a lot of us suppress parts of ourselves. Usually, want, like usually, we suppress the parts of ourselves that are going to be the most beneficial to us. And that's that's uh, no bueno, as they say. Um, this funny thing is that when we usually open up and we we let ourselves out of the cage that we've been caging ourselves into, that's when we get the most joy. That's when we enjoy life the most vividly. And that can be in anything. That can be in something personal. That can be in something in a relationship. That can be something in a business. Um, anything. And one of my other favorite quotes is, what, what you want the most is on the other side of fear. And that happens a lot. That happens in stuff when people go see therapists and they want to be happy again. Well, they're usually f- afraid of something. And that's what's holding them back from happiness. So there's going to be a few things that you really need to build. Um, let's see how much time I have left. Uh, about 40 minutes. Maybe I can get this, this part done. Uh, the first is going to be your who and do what statement, which is based on who you serve and what you help them do or get. The second step is going to be your why you do statement, which is based on why you get up every single day, why you get up excitedly and go to work, what do you stand for? And that's the thing. We stand for a lot of things, but you're going to choose one big one to stake your name pretty much on. And then the third is going to be your tagline. I will say this, and if any if anybody that 
knows me doesn't think this is true, and you listening to this podcast, you're probably getting it as well. The greatest strategy for personal and business development and your brand, your personal brand, on the, the greatest strategy for that on the planet is bold self-expression. There is no part of me that's watered down. Not a single ounce of me is watered down. I hate beating around the bush. I hate wasting time. I hate lying to people. I hate all of that. I am absolutely 100% purely me, and I attack life exactly that way. I don't hold things back unless I know it's going to severely hurt someone and maim them. I tell it how it is. I say things the way I think of them. Um, I, I would say I have a filter, but my filter doesn't stop a lot. It stops the things that can be very damaging, but um, most of the things that pop into my head end up coming out in either my body language, my facial expression, the way I say things, the way I hold myself, the way I go after goals, things like that. And that's the thing. That's what you need to be. You need to be this gutsy, passionate, provocative, courageous, valiant, vibrant, I use the word vivid a lot, um, dynamic, luminous, and respected personal brand. In order to do that, in order to get that respected personal brand, you have to be all those things, gutsy, passionate, courageous. And you must be fully self-expressed. You have to be. You're not going to stand out if you sit there and you say, like, today, um, my, like, you can't, hi, my name is Connor. I'm the president of CG Consulting. I help people get more clients. Like, how, how enjoyable would the web, or, uh, Jesus, said the webinar again, would the podcast be? How, how long would you listen to me if I talked like that? Or if I just, if I didn't talk about like these important, like thought provoking, like mind changing things, how long would you honestly listen to me? Probably not long. So you can't water yourself down in any way, shape or form. The easiest way to get clients is being you. And I don't mean being a pompous like swear at your customers, aggressive person. I mean that when you meet with somebody and you act timid or reserved, you are doing not only yourself as a, a, disfa- uh, a disfavor, you're doing your clients a disfavor. You're doing your prospects a disfavor. You're doing anybody that listens to you on any sort form of media at all, whether it's Facebook, whether it's a podcast, a webinar, a blog, you are just, oh, And no, your bold, intense, passionate version may not be the same as my bold, passionate, intense version. I'm very aggressive and forward. Maybe yours is more sweet and docile and caring and compassionate. Maybe you're quirky. Maybe you're a dork. That's you. And that's what people are going to be attracted to. People aren't attracted to... If people wanted to get any product 
without any human interaction. They would. They would. People go on Amazon and buy everything. Of course, they look at reviews, which is a little bit of human interaction. But there's still reason why companies like Best Buy and Walmart are around because people want to go in, interact with people, especially with Best Buy because they're like they train these people to be experts and they train them on how to sell things. But they go in there to have interactions with people. They want to see and feel and touch things. That's what humans want. When was the last time you, oh, maybe, well, I guess that's probably, I was going to say, when was the last time you got deli meat without having any interaction with people? But I know there's people out there that go to that nasty corner where there's, like, meat that was, you know, sliced 60 years ago in little tubs that say Oscar Mayer on them. I know you guys exist. I know. I know. And you don't get me wrong. Oscar Mayer's pretty good for being in a tub. But I personally like mine being sliced right off. I like that. I like having a little conversation with a guy that's, uh, that's uh, slicing my cheese and meat, you know? It's a little bit more of an interactive thing. I like the fact it's fresh, you know? A little bit better. Feel a little bit better than six-year-old meat. And I know it's not six-year-olds. I got, I got that. I understand. But a lot of things still, people want interaction, especially if you're in the service industry. Especially if you're in the service industry. If you're not doing, if you're not showing your personal brand when you're in the service industry where you're serv- selling services, whether it's consulting, whether it's uh, mindset, whether it's um, lawyer services, uh, real est- being a real estate agent, selling that stuff, because that's what real estate agents are, all right? Don't, don't argue with me that they, they sell houses, okay? Anybody that with enough time can sell a house, the reason you hire real estate is they sell the service of doing all the crap that you don't want to do because you're going like mentally insane because you're trying to sell a house and buy one at the same time and you're literally about to like blow a gasket. You hire this person to help you through that. That's what a real estate agent is. So you can't water yourself down. In order to set like clear intentions for yourself, you got to remove the conflicting intentions that you currently have. Like you can't have them. If um and that can conflicting interests and this goes back to mindset as well. Um you can't they're not always set by you, they're usually set by other people. So you need to ask people, you know, how to like what they like, what they like about you. And I'm actually going to have a part in, I think that's where I'm going to draw the line. Um, yeah, that's where I'm going to draw the line. I might go over 60 minutes. I might have to do another part, but this might be the longest one yet. But we're covering a lot of information. Um, you need to, when you talk to a customer or uh, a prospect, you need to share the intentions and their conflicting counterparts with, actually, you know what? Let's try this. How about you share your, your intentions and their, you know, your bad intentions with one or two others and ask your friends to help you in recognizing whether they are general concerns. So if you have intentions that you feel are counterproductive, contact a friend. And maybe two. I always like getting two because you kind of get a second opinion. I like that. 
So you're technically getting your third opinion because you have your opinion, the first friend, second friend, yeah, so third opinion. Um, but contact them, explain to them what your your intentions are and then what you feel is holding you back and then ask them if they are genuine concerns or if they're basically unfounded fears. And then if they are fears or if they are genuine concerns, then brainstorm away you and your two friends to address those problems. And that's the thing. And while we can take that step on our own and do it ourselves, we're often too close to our own fears for good to see them clearly. They're kind of in our blind spot. So having a supportive friend or mentor or even a professional coach is going to help us see those clearly. So another thing that I kind of want you guys to do is because we don't understand what our personal brand is. So what I want you to do, and I want you guys to actually do this, um, I want you to send an email, like at the end of this podcast, send an email to five or more people, including your friends, family, if you have clients, you know, include them, your neighbors, if you're really close to your neighbors, um, I'm close to my neighbors actually, so I guess that's good, acquaintances, like try to find like a diverse kind of sweep, and then ask them to provide you with your top five personality traits or quirks, personality traits and quirks, they're both positives by the way. Okay? Both positives. That's what makes us human. Ask them for fun or unique experiences that they've had with you. And then make sure to tell them to be brave and not shy while doing this. Because you don't want watered down, held back stuff. You want, like, open stuff. Um, If I was going to ask people, um, uh, five people, if I did this right now. Oscar from my last job. Almost as blunt as me. Actually, he's probably more blunt than me. God, I love that kid. Um, Dave, uh, grew up with him, and we constantly talk about work. We help each other as far as business partners. Um, Veronica, pain in my butt, but um, she's very blunt as well and kind of... intensely pokes we intensely poke fun at each other let's put it that way um sal d'angelo uh catalyst media would have have absolutely if my tongue would work absolutely use him as well um i can't think fifth one oh ryan ryan the one that mentored me absolutely so there's my five see not that hard um so find five and that was people from past jobs that was um a close uh a close friend that was someone that I'm friends with that I'm also mentoring, um, a past, uh, manager of mine. So let's see how I'm doing diverse. You want to do that. So find your five and literally, I want you to do this. Like, please, for the love of God, send an email to five people. It's not that hard. Get in the habit of sending emails to people. Jeez. Um, there was a point in my life where I'd send an email reaching out to three people a day. That means people that haven't reached out to me, I'd reach out to them that I haven't talked to in a while, things like that. So you can send out five emails tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this to five people. Do it. Because when you're fully self-expressed and you fully know what your brand is, you will love marketing. And then with that why you do what you do kind of statement, you're going to have a, 
you're going to have a reason to understand what you do and then what you stand for. And that's the, that's the intense thing. And I guess I'll go into tagline real quick. Um, tagline, uh, you want to formulate kind of like a simple sentence that allows people to define you in a manner of your own choosing. Um, I haven't really done this recently, which I kind of need to do as far as, um, as far as recently, yeah, I definitely need to redo this. Um, my old one was make sure your business gets noted, noticed. It was in my signature. It was everywhere. Um, one of my favorite ones, Dan Lee's is a real estate agent in Rhode Island. Uh, his is the hardworking nice guy. Cause a lot of people think that if you're hardworking, you're kind of cold and manipulative, but I like that. And it actually, it worked really well for him as far as being a real estate agent. So, um, so that's pretty much it for that. Um, we're at 15 minutes. I want to cut it soon. So, um, that's where we're going to draw the line right there. Hopefully a lot of good information to kind of get your mind going as far as how you need to some some kind of starter tips to kind of rev up that engine to get new clients and prospects and things like that. And I think that's really going to be something that benefits and helps everybody. Um, there's a lot of information covered there, but like I said, because it's not mindset, it's a little bit easier to digest. It's a little bit easier to listen to those concepts, pick a few of them and then utilize them. But I want like, honestly, I want if you do, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you send out those five emails, as long as there's nothing like embarrassing to you, even though I wouldn't judge because I have embarrassing things about me, um, send me an email at info at connorgilson.com. Send me the responses that you get, the five responses, because I'd love to look over them. Um, if you're somebody that I know personally, shoot me, ask me to do it. Prepare for it because it's going to be intense, but because I'm a very honest person, but go for it and do it. Um, but yeah, whether I know you or not, um, send me the email, give me a little introduction if I don't know you, and then show me those five responses. I, I will absolutely love that. I will. Um, but that's about it for tonight, 3.32. I want to watch something and then go to bed and get up and work all day tomorrow. Living the dream, baby. But anyways, my name is Connor Gilson, and I am the president of CG Consulting, and this has been podcast number eight. Wish you a good night. Bye.